0: This week on the Sound On Site Walking Dead podcast, we discuss "Claimed," the eleventh episode of season four, written by Nicole Beatty and Seth Hoffman, and directed by Seth Mann or Seth Mann. We'll be right back after this. the Sound On Site Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kalzik, TV editor of Sound On Site, and I'm joined as ever by my intrepid co-host, general, or editor-in-chief. What are we going by this, these days, Ricky D? Hannibal, and the man
1: who thinks Hannibal is a better show than True Detective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Conversation for another time, and perhaps another podcast. Of course, you also are one of the co-hosts of the, the Sound On Site True Detective podcast, and your, your co-host on that endeavor is our guest this week, talking about The Walking Dead episode 11 of season 4, and that's Singh Gupta. Dupain, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: So this week we're talking about the uh, Claimed, we're t- this week we're talking about Claimed, which is the first episode to really catch back up with uh, not only each of the characters, we've seen how they reacted to to the destruction of the prison, we had the sort of two weeks focusing on that, now we see what comes next. Uh, DePayan, how did this episode work for you, and uh, and are you looking forward to what uh, maybe you know filling in some more gaps next week with the rest of the characters we didn't see here?
2: Well, uh, I'm sort of ambivalent towards this episode. There's some things I liked, some things I didn't like. I mean, uh, in, in basically what I wrote in my review, I like the idea of Eugene being this sort of con man who's taking Abraham and um, Rosita for a ride, even though we heard all of two lines from Rosita this week. Uh, But that's a different conversation. Uh, I like the idea of Eugene being the sort of con man, and I'm interested to see how Glenn deals with him. But at the same time, that whole storyline with Rick sort of escaping the world's most obtuse uh, raiders just highlights this major problem with the show that I never feel like the major characters are ever in danger unless it's a big episode, like it's a mid-season finale or it's a season finale And that just deflates the tension from any one of these scenes where the major characters appear to be in any kind of danger. And I feel like that's a major problem with the show as a whole. And this episode just served to highlight that. That that entire storyline with Rick just served to highlight that.
0: Very interesting. Ricky, what did you think?
1: Wow, I uh, disagree. I actually really liked this episode. I liked it a lot more than last week's episode. Maybe not as good as the first episode of the second half of the season, but I actually really liked the scenes that revolved around Rick escaping and hiding from the home invaders. I thought they actually did a really good job in creating suspense. And for once, for once, I actually really liked the character of Rick. Uh, I don't know. uh, I mean, in the past few episodes I talked about how they should kill Rick, and he didn't do anything really extraordinary this episode, but he also didn't mope around, and he wasn't entirely useless. Um, I really liked it. I liked the scenes uh, revolving around Michonne and Carl especially because we get to learn more and more about Michonne and we get to see her open up to Carl and I like their interactions I like the way um, they just went about doing their business and trying to look for supplies it was a very simple storyline and I really like the scenes revolving around Abraham and his crew and I actually really really like Glenn this week I thought Glenn was back to being the Glenn that I like uh, last week we complained about Glenn and his character and the writing around him, and this week I really liked him. I don't think this episode is mind-blowing, but I don't think that there's anything entirely wrong with this episode. Um, so I'm a big fan of this week's episode. As opposed to, like, it might not be as good as some previous episodes, but even in, like, you know, the last two episodes, there's, like, at least one or two scenes that really just did not work for me at all. In this episode, everything sort of worked for me. It wasn't mind-blowing, but it was a pretty good episode. Above average, I'd say.
0: Well, and that. It's interesting because I agree with both of you, because I agree that those scenes with Rick, I thought the suspense worked, the, just the 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 editing of it and the the pacing and all of that that really worked as far as I was concerned. However, I had zero zero uh, sense that he was ever re- I didn't think he was going to die. I knew he, they weren't going to kill Rick, but that's that's something that's not new for me. So I do actually completely agree to Pion that while while this is a show that likes to sell itself as or, or that likes to sell the notion in its advertising that anyone can die. Anyone can't die on this show. That's not how it works. If it's a mid-season finale, or if it's a hated character, maybe. But there's there's no sense from you know, watching this that Rick is going to not be on the show. He just might have to kill people, and he doesn't want to. Um, and so I, I do think those individual moments and in the set pieces worked out as far as, like, how is he going to get out of this? But like you said, there wasn't, for me, there was no sense that he wasn't going to somehow get out of it.
1: But but, but for me, the tension wasn't me thinking that he was going to die. I mean, no one in their right mind thinks Rick Grimes is going to die, especially in like this episode. It was just building the tension in us sitting down, watching this man find ways to tiptoe around the room without getting caught, to find ways to escape, to find a weapon, uh, and to out-clever these men who aren't aware that he is there but to find ways to escape it's more about is he going to get caught and if he gets caught then where is that going to lead is it going to lead michonne and carl into danger and like what can the results be in the next episode because of him being captured it wasn't because i thought he was going to get caught so i really do think that the director did a fantastic fantastic job in building the suspense and i got to give him credit and also the writers for building the tension in those scenes
2: but that's the thing though i mean if, let's say, Rick does end up getting caught, let's say he leads Michonne and Carl into danger, we already know the end result. Ultimately, there's not going to be any severe lasting damage. Michonne is not going to die. Carl is not going to die. Rick is not going to die. No matter what happens, we basically know the end result is that the three of them are going to escape from the house. And, I mean, if you're invested in the how of that happens, then, you know, then then that's seen as suspenseful. But for me, knowing that the end result was going to be that neither of them are really going to get you know killed or injured in any severe way just sort of took the air out of it for me
1: well maybe not in this episode but i mean they could have easily captured rick and that that could have led to the capture of michonne and carl put carl and michonne in danger and it could have led up to them being potentially in grave danger in the next few episodes i mean we don't know where it's going so I kind of disagree. I understand what you're saying. I think in this specific episode, no one actually thought that any of these characters are going to die. But The Walking Dead, I'm sorry to point, has proved that just about anybody can die. Maybe not yet Rick Grimes, but I still think there, there could be a time where Rick Grimes can actually be... A Character who they can consider killing off. I mean, they've killed off a lot of popular characters,
0: yeah, but Ricky, no one's gonna die in the third episode of the season. That's yeah, what we're saying.
1: That's what I just said, too. But I'm just saying that there's still tension being built in those episodes in, in those scenes. It doesn't matter if you think someone's gonna die or not, there's still, um, there's still like, um, stakes, you know what I mean? Like, he can still get captured, they, or it can lead to Michonne or Carl getting captured, which can lead to something. Uh, something bigger i mean i'm sorry carl can easily be killed off in this in this in this tv series eventually
0: they're, they're not well yes eventually but again it's a matter of if the in in the the immediate scene works for you and in like i said it did work for me but i can absolutely see where you're coming from Depayan, because you know what what the the tension for me was not is he going to be captured it was is he going to escape or I, cause I, for me, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that that he was going to escape. I thought, Oh, are they going to introduce new characters that I don't know from the comic books or something? And this is how they're introduced. And then they join up with him or, you know, it's like, I I was seeing other uh, options, particularly due to the way that the director filmed it. I, I liked the choice to not show us the really any of the faces until Uh, rick was able to see them i like that they kept his you know really tight on his face a lot of the time and just you know we saw a bodiless you know shoe or foot we didn't really see the the threat itself i thought that worked was very effective but i cannot argue with the uh you know the sense that and it's what we talk about on the podcast uh over and over again so maybe we're we're falling prey to this as well but this notion of repeating the same ideas of, oh, they're going to get captured, but we know they're going to escape. So after a while, you know, these different ideas. So for me, this episode worked, but I do think that is, you know, a a thing, something to watch out for at this point of of the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree that they're repeating ideas. I've been saying that for weeks and weeks. But, I mean, there was, like, a mention of them possibly raping a woman because they found Michonne's shirt. And the whole time I was thinking, oh, my God, what if Michonne and Carl return to the house and they capture Michonne? What will they do to Michonne? And my head started spinning, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't want anything bad to happen to Michonne. So, for yeah. me, it worked. Yeah,
0: I, But and I actually wanted to specifically discuss that that line with you because when i'm watching when i was watching it at first i was like okay well that's in- introducing a new threat and you know the adding an element of gender dynamics that hasn't come up very much on the show that you would think you know given the the society and the environment that we would have seen more violence against women uh you know from the the less evolved types who have managed to survive this long but uh but then, as soon as, right after we hear that line of dialogue, we already had, you know, Rick watched this guy just kill a random other person in his crew for no reason that we are aware of. And then we get that line of dialogue, and it felt like that line of dialogue was there so that it was okay for Rick to just kill this guy he, he sees in the bathroom.
1: I, I don't think he actually killed the man on the floor. I think he knocked him on conscience.
0: I I don't think think we know. I don't think we can know either way, because, you know, he could have choked him to death or just choked him to unconsciousness, but he... How much experience does Rick have choking people to unconsciousness but not death?
1: Wait, wait, I'm talking about the man... We don't know his name. In the bedroom. The man in the bedroom who was strangled by his... friend?
0: No, the man in the bathroom.
1: No, Okay, I'm talking about the man in the bedroom. Uh, The man in the bathroom was clearly dead because that's why Rick left the door open because he knew he would turn into a zombie and therefore walk out of the washroom and eventually attack the other people, which is what happens when we see Rick outside, ducking behind the porch. That's why he left the door open. And at the end of the day, that's the reason why Rick was able to get away and Michonne and Carl were able to escape danger because he left the door open and the zombie walked out.
0: Okay, I thought that it was the zombie was the other guy, the no.
1: guy in the bedroom. Well, no, I don't think the guy in the bedroom would be that stupid to leave a corpse yeah. on the floor. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they wouldn't know that the guy would come back to life. There's a possibility, but no, I'm 100% sure it's because Rick left. The <laughs> Otherwise, why would they show a shot of Rick leaving a door open in the washroom? It would make no sense.
2: Well, well, I think the idea behind that may have been... Uh, Rick thought if they see a closed door, then they're going to investigate. But if they see a door just open a crack, then they'll just pass it by without consideration of whether someone might be inside or not.
1: No, yeah. I'm pretty sure Rick killed a guy.
0: Okay, well we we don't know. We also, don't by the know, way, I'm but, not sweet but stuff, but Tapine, so. what did you think of that line of dialogue? Did that same thing occur to you, or did it not bother you?
2: Well, uh, honestly, I didn't really even notice the line of dialogue when it, when it was uttered. It just seemed like it just seemed like a throwaway kind of dialogue so i'm not really sure what i'm not really sure how we're meant to read into that i feel like if you if you put in a group of men together apocalypse or no apocalypse and they come across a woman's article of clothing some comments of that nature are naturally going to come up what uh,
0: really What? What? The line of dialogue was about how they found a woman's shirt, and when she gets back, the one guy gets her first. Yeah, that they're
2: gonna. rape. oh, oh is that what they said? Yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were <laughs> discussing about whether the woman was hot or not. No. Oh, oh, okay, oh.
1: Hot enough to rape is what they were discussing. Oh,
2: I, I totally missed that part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. well, it was, it was off screen, so you know, we yeah, were I
2: thought they were here. just discussing if the woman in question was hot or not. I, I did, I totally missed the rape context of
1: that. My yeah. my mistake. My mistake. Yeah, these home invaders are would be rapists. Yeah.
0: Yep. And that's why it's okay for him to just kill the guy that he sees there that has done nothing to him.
2: Of course. Who's who's also sitting on the toilet completely clothed.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Like, did you guys have a problem with that? Because I just... No, I didn't.
2: No, no I, I just I just thought it was a little funny that he'd just be, be sitting there on the can, just completely closed, and just waiting for Rick to come in and ambush him.
1: He could have just sat down to tie his shoe at the very moment that Rick walked into the washroom.
0: Well, it did occur to me that these, you've got these guys going in to use a washroom, but there's no power, so what are they going to... I mean, why you'd think that you would... Not want to be using the bathroom that you're not the toilet you're not going to be able to flush. Well, especially if you're planning to spend some time there.
1: <laughs> I don't think they were planning on sticking around. They're probably going to use every single washroom in
0: this. Summer. <laughs> Lovely. Well, let's let's talk about some other elements of this episode. Let's stick with this uh, storyline and and talk a bit about uh, Michonne and Carl and how wonderful was it to get more about uh, it was Andre Anthony.
1: Who names her kid Andre Anthony? This is are, much... are are you gonna argue yes, with the woman with like katana? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the art the is she an art dealer? I feel like on the show she, she works at a gallery or something.
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Well yeah, yeah. she seems
2: very familiar with the art this week and uh, the the flashback she has in the in the mid season premiere seems to indicate she has some kind of artistic, high paying kind of job.
0: Yeah, and then you throw that in with the cat sculpture and, you know... And
1: also, kinda... the, also the fact that she said that they could actually use the painting which Carl grabbed from the hallway because she's obviously a fan of art. And that mm-hmm. painting, by the way, was creepy. You know why? It reminded me a lot of the governor.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought of that. When I saw all the... Like, the, the, the kid, we, I, when she was walking into the kids' room, I was waiting for it to be zombie kid because we haven't really had much of that besides, obviously, the governor's daughter... So I was having flashbacks to that storyline as well.
1: Well, there's Carol's daughter.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's Sophia. That's true. That's yeah, true. That, but those were so... big set pieces. We haven't had just random... Like, I keep waiting for random baby zombie, which I know they're not going to do. Yeah, but...
1: if they wanted to do baby zombie, they could have done that way back in season... What was it? Two, when Laurie had her baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but speaking of which, the scenes in which she goes into that perfectly uh, colorful, pristine child's room... Um, That was incredibly haunting. That actually affected me. Like I was devastated. I was so incredibly sad. I was like, wow, this is weird because I haven't felt this way in a long time from watching A Walking Dead. But that scene, for whatever reason, really got to me. Maybe it's because I like Michonne so much. But I don't know. There was just something about the execution and the style of the sequence when she walks into the kid's bedroom that I thought worked tremendously. Lots of emotional trauma. Awesome, awesome sequence.
2: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree that there, there's something about the way the bodies are laid out that suggests a sort of mutual decision of, uh, you know, mutual suicidal decision by the entire family. That's sort of a lot is said there without without anything being said at all. And it sort of reminded, It actually the first thought I had when seeing the bodies lying on the bed was that was one of the shots in the uh, in the shield series finale, which was also very haunting. So maybe that lent it some goodwill. I'm not sure where I'm going with this.
1: I'm trying to figure it out. What?
0: (laughs) Well, let's uh, let's keep things spoiler-free, because this is the Walking Dead podcast. This is not, you know, a different show podcast, which, by the way, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, as we always say, there will be no spoilers for future episodes of The Walking Dead. Uh, So never fear for that. As far as the comics, we will not be spoiling anything that has not happened on the show. We'll not discuss, you know, what is or is not to come in D.C. should they ever get there haven't read the comics i have no idea and we will keep things uh distinctly you know this part of the comics and earlier dupayan have you read the comics
2: i have not i've read the wikipedia summary
0: (laughs) and of course ricky has read the comics so you'll you'll be somewhat limited in what you can speculate of course ricky but with that caveat uh out of the way let's get back to talking about creepy bedroom scene uh i was thinking of um i was thinking actually of Torchwood Children of Earth personally there's a scene in that that is you know reminiscent to some extent and uh yeah it was very very much effective because i was watching it and at first i didn't notice the the bullet wounds or the the markings in the the foreheads and so i was waiting like why aren't they moving why haven't, why are they waking up because i didn't see any damage to them so the like you said the, it, this very clinical sort of um, peaceful seeming, uh, you know, display or uh, this tomb, I guess you could also say, was something we haven't really seen on The Walking Dead. We haven't seen people who were lying peacefully in death.
1: I think the reason why it works so well is because the entire season has been about hope, looking for hope for a better future, looking for a reason to stay alive, uh, not just surviving. And I think that was just a really sad scene like to witness an entire family commit suicide because they ran out of hope and to be surrounded by such a colorful room a kids room that's why I found it really really devastating
3: this is the only
2: thing I could find
3: does it count
2: technically yes After you know after everything happened.
1: Does my dad know? Never told him. Never told anyone. Till just now.
2: Your secret's safe with me.
1: still
0: safe with me what did you guys think of you know i mentioned it earlier what do you think of you know finding out about a little bit about michonne and and her choosing to open up to carl when she didn't even you know wasn't able to open up to to say Lori, who she clearly had a very deep relationship with and really strong connection with how did that how did that partnership work for you guys
2: uh Lori or andrea
0: I meant Andrea, but she didn't even open up to Andrea despite their really close friendship. Uh, what, how did that scene work for you guys?
2: It actually worked really well for me. It, uh, I, I like the fact that we're getting more from Michonne, uh, you know, outside of just being Silent Warrior with the Katana. I like that we're getting more of her history. And I like the fact that she's bonding with Carl because it gives both of them something more to do other than just be angry and sullen all the time. That friendship. I, I I really like the way they've developed that over the season. It's one of those slow burn things that, uh, you know that the show has actually managed to execute really well, and and that that whole thing really actually does work for me really well.
0: Well, and also I feel you know I really appreciated Dani Guerrero's performance because when I was watching her, you know, set establish the parameters of their you know their the game or whatever, where she would answer questions, it felt I got a strong sense from Michonne that this that she knows she needs to release some of this uh, baggage and open up somewhat about this, that she doesn't want to, but she knows it would be good. And this is a way that she can do it. If she meets it out, it's going to be easier for her to do. And so, you know, and also it will help Carl. You know, i i really got that sense from her. Ricky, what about you? What did you see in that performance?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think this is a, prime example of good writing and a great performance and i think when you have good writing it's easier for the actor to deliver a good performance um i actually think it's a great performance i think hands down she is by far the best actor of the second half of of season four um i want to see more of michonne you know I, i even talked about chandler riggs and how he's not the greatest actor in the previous podcast and it's true but i don't mind chandler riggs and i think chandler riggs works well when he's interacting with an interesting character like michonne
0: yeah, it's 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 very entertaining to me that that's sort of the new you know power couple as it were power pairing on the show, and uh, I look forward to seeing if they're able to. Uh, I know we had a mixed reaction to the the Beth scenes last week. If they're able to make Beth more awesome by proxy you know, pro- pro- due to her proximity to Daryl in the way that they've really managed to give make Carl feel more rounded by putting him with Michonne. And and that's for me the the specific thing about Michonne that's making that performance stand out, but also that, that character really work. And it's not just that she's a badass, she's got a katana, and, and also Danai Guerra is really good. It's that she feels like a whole rounded person in a way that many of these other characters still quite don't for me. I feel like I understand her. I feel like I have a better sense of who she was and who she is. And, uh, and, and I hope that, that, that the development they've given her is something that we're going to see for some of these other characters that still don't feel as developed. And that for me, I'm curious, this takes me to, to Glenn, because Ricky, I got to hear from you. How is Glenn any different this week than he was say last week? He seems like he's exactly the same.
1: Okay, well, first of all, I just want to quickly follow up on what you were saying before. I think it's a really interesting strategy for them to have the whole entire group separate, and for them to pair up two actors and take, say, the weakest actor and pair them up with a fan favorite or someone that's stronger. Uh, we have Michonne with Carl, we have Daryl with Beth, we have Glenn with Tara. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to even out the uh, the playing field here. Like they're trying to even it out. Uh, in terms of the acting ability, in terms of how much the audience loves these characters. As far as Glenn's concerned, him and Tara on the road, um, they are probably the least interesting. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Lizzie, but Tyrese can, you know, more than make up for what she lacks. But the thing about Glenn in this episode, at least he takes charge. And I don't know, he's back on his feet. He's 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 motivated he's concentrated he wants to go out and look for maggie nothing can stop him last week he was kind of like a mess psychologically uh physically his health was declining um and i don't know this episode i just felt like we were slowly starting to see the glenn that we once knew return and uh, i'm really excited to see what they will continue to do with this character because for a while i was not so hot on glenn but this episode gave me hope
2: I think separating Glenn from Maggie was actually a very smart decision on the writer's part because it felt like for a lot of season three and maybe bits of season four, they they really got bogged down in the Glenn-Maggie romance to the detriment of both characters. So I think having both of them separated like that might possibly be contributing to Glenn getting better as a result. Um, well, yeah, I,
1: that, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think that the problem with last week's episode is we kind of saw a little bit of this Glenn- But we also had a sequence in which he sits down in prison and starts crying, which for whatever reason didn't work. And it was just confusing. And in this episode, it it feels like I know exactly where his headspace is. Like, I know exactly what he's thinking and what his motivation is. And I see the Glenn that we once knew.
0: Well, yeah, the thing is, I also I didn't have a problem with Glenn last week. I thought you know those scenes worked. So you know this is, I'm not seeing a any difference. You know, in the Glenn we see this week feels exactly like the Glenn we saw last week to me. It's just he's you know passed out for a while and then he's recovered enough that he can wake up and you know be more involved. But I I, I, and I do think separating Glenn and Maggie. May give each of those characters something else interesting to do. Unfortunately, both Glenn and Maggie are singularly defined right now by their search for the other person. So that is, you know, unless unless we start seeing more development or more, you know, discussion of who they are outside of that. You know, a lot. Yes, we know obviously Glenn cares about Maggie. It's his wife, and she cares about him. That's her. That's her husband. we're not seeing anything new about Glenn in this. We already knew he was determined. We already knew he was a badass. We already knew he was capable of these different things that he was singularly focused when the need, you know, arose. So this for me is not anything new. He does not feel any more rounded. He's he not feel any more developed. Um, I just still like him.
1: So has someone who writes reviews of the walking dead episodes each and every single week and records a podcast reviewing each and every single episode. When did I miss the wedding? Did the wedding happen? Did it happen off screen? When did it was get, off screen, when they cheated they me out? of
0: my freaking Maggie and Gl- I was so excited. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> from the podcast, but I was so excited that we were going to get a Walking Dead wedding, and they they would be like forced to have a happy moment on the show, and then they had it happen off screen.
1: So so when did the wedding happen? Did it happen right at b- the prison? But when exactly? Like between before,
0: seasons, I think
1: between seasons. Yeah, so at before some the point flu when Rick farmer. Yeah. So before, yeah. The, before the flu outbreak.
0: Yeah. Before you, the flu.
1: You think it's possible we will get flashbacks to the wedding in future episodes?
0: Well, they haven't done any flashbacks really yet. They've, there was that one episode in season what one or two that had some flashbacks, but you know, even the Michonne thing we got recently was a was a dream as opposed to a flashback. So I would be surprised if. They did give us flashbacks, which takes me to this a discussion we were having on Twitter with with some of our listeners, and it was it's always great talking with you guys. If you're listening again this week, uh, let us hit us up on Twitter if you want to discuss the show. But it, with Ken, we were talking about fun and this this idea they talk about: if you need to have hope, you need to live, not just survive. And as far as I'm concerned, we still have, really haven't seen that. We get a bit of it this week with you know Michonne opening up and with the the art and with some of these other elements. But you know, skipping over that wedding is a big example of the show skipping over the uh, the living as opposed to surviving.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, birthday parties, weddings—give us something besides them running away from zombies and/or you know, villains like would-be rapists or dudes with an eye patch. Like, I don't know, just give us something new. I think that would be really cool. I want to see a wedding. Give us a flashback episode.
2: I am mean, I agree and. I have to wonder if uh, if we might get some fun in the form of Abraham's character. I mean, right the uh, you know in the in the cold open of this episode, we have uh, Abraham killing the zombies, and then Tara says that you you were smiling, you're smiling while killing them, and it it sounded like they were trying to paint that as a negative character trait. But I like the idea of a character who actually. Thinks the apocalypse is a better fit for him than the pre-apocalypse world, and I think we get we might get that with Abraham. So there is a possibility we might get some something along the lines of what you two want, at least at least in that sense. Before, if and when he actually uh, you know shapes up to be evil, which I hope he
1: doesn't. You see, they could have done a whole entire bottle episode, and it could have also been a wedding episode. They could have saved a lot of money on budget. Everybody would have been happy because <laughs> Glenn and Maggie would have got married. And the whole wedding could have taken place, I don't know, like in, I don't know, like cell block D. <laughs> I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, they could have actually honestly done something really interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I remember Breaking Bad, what was it, season two, when they had the episode Fly, directed by Ryan Johnson. Was it season two?
0: Season two, season three,
1: maybe. Yeah, any anyway, fantastic episode. It was a bottle episode. They did it because they ran out of money and they needed to do something cheap. There's lots of possibilities here. The Walking Dead should think outside the box and expand a little bit. Speaking of Tara, I mean, how does Tara know how Rosita feels about Abraham? I mean, like she says at one point, Rosita loves you. She'd follow you anywhere. I was like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you just met the dude. Like that have, was
0: the one line of dialogue when oh you're talking about you know all these different elements working i was like oh did we really that felt like a stretch
1: <laughs> that was terrible and it certainly doesn't help in me liking tara like I'm, I'm not interested in this character yet and that does not help
0: well i like tara and i like her in this episode but when we blast The the last time we saw her have to be a judge of character or be able to read someone, she was not noticing the maniacal villainry of the governor, so she really shouldn't be that uh, perceptive as far as knowing Rosita after just, you know, being in the truck with them for a little bit. But outside of that, I do really, I like how much she backs up Glenn this week. I like, uh, you know, I I think that she was, uh, you know, I've liked that actress Elena Masterson or Alana Masterson, in her couple of appearances, and I think there's a lot of potential there. And uh, and so I do like what they give her to do here, and I like that she's less useless and, um, and also has the opportunity to, one would think, you know, like legitimately leave Glenn I and mean, his decision to head back by himself because she's theoretically helping, you know, going to help save humanity that's what they think they're gonna you know abraham's setting out to do that's a legitimate thing you could be like i'm gonna make this decision but no she feels this debt to glenn and to the the group at the prison and so she is going to not save humanity because she has to protect glenn and i think that's a distinct character choice and one that i enjoyed
1: You know, I got into a huge argument over dinner about that specific sequence because my nephew was arguing that anyone that could have chosen to save humanity and or follow Glenn would obviously go with Abraham because that's the bigger deal. Like, that's, you know, you're going to save mankind and or you're going to go help Glenn, this dude that you just met. But I think I read it in the sense that they just met these three people and for all they know, Abraham and his crew could just be like whack jobs. And you know what I mean? Like, how, how much stock can you put into a man <laughs> like mm-hmm. a dude like abraham walking around with a scientist who has a mullet i was like what what kind of scientist has that kind of haircut i was like is he actually a scientist you know like if i was in in, in her shoes i would have been like i don't know if i believe these people they're kind of like suspect so i don't think that they entirely believe that abraham and um what is his name again dr eugene, eugene porter yeah yeah, I don't think that they actually believe that they can save humanity. I think they're just talk. I, I think that they think. I, I think Glenn thinks that he's just talking out of his ass, and he just doesn't have time for any more bullshit. He wants to go save Maggie because that is a for sure thing. That is someone he loves, someone he knows, and he knows he can go save her. I think
2: uh, Abraham believes genuinely believes that he can save humanity by getting Eugene to D.C. I think Glenn, on the other hand, having seen the CDC and having seen Herschel's. Uh, you know, barn zombies and all of that. He's Glenn is pretty much tired of all this attempts to save humanity and attempts to save the zombies because he's seen he's seen that it doesn't work. Uh, so I think even if even if he wasn't out to get Maggie, he wouldn't have stu- he wouldn't have stuck with them anyway. But I think Abraham actually genuinely believes that he's going to save humanity. Whatever kind of con or whatever kind of end game Eugene has in mind, I. I didn't get the impression Abraham was in on the plan from from this week's interactions.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Abraham can be delusional. I mean, we just met this character. We don't know anything about him, but I do like I do like introducing these three characters who are racing towards a goal, and it's a goal of saving mankind. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you want to talk about hope. and if this season's about finding hope and finding a reason to live, I mean, searching for a cure, knowing that it can be a possibility, is a direction that these characters can be headed in.
0: Well, and that's something that I was really excited about as I was watching the episode, and it felt wonderful that even if they weren't going to tell us the answer, that the show was saying that there is an answer for why this happened and how. And our our main characters don't know it, but this guy does. And so that, that promises that the show is leading towards some sort of, you know, at least interest in, by, from the, from these central characters of finding out what happened because they should want to know. They should be curious. At least one of them should be curious. But then at the end of the episode, while that you know little slight smirk, uh, you know it, I thought actually that was well well balanced. So it wasn't too on the nose, but you know still was you know clearly there that that smirk from Eugene uh, clearly implies that actually we don't know if there actually are any. We don't actually know if there are answers. And if he does know anything or if he's just completely full of shit and has snowed Abraham. So I, what do you guys think about that? Are you, were you disappointed to find out that actually maybe there aren't answers in the show's universe? Or did you appreciate that sort of twist with Eugene enough that you're you're more interested in that storyline?
1: Well, I think that there can be answers and I think there could be a cure. I mean, we fall around these characters within a small like, radius of I don't know how many miles. Like I mean, they've basically been traveling within, I guess, the same state. Uh, I'm not exactly entirely sure where they are now. I think they're headed towards Atlanta. But it's not like they've gone from the East Coast to the West Coast to travel at, at very far distances. Uh, and just because we meet these characters on the road doesn't necessarily mean that the first people we meet on the road are going to be the people to offer us a cure. I don't think that Dr. Eugene Porter actually believes there's a cure. I think he's convinced Um, I think he's convinced uh, Abraham that if he helps him get to Washington, then he can save the world. Who knows? I don't know. But, I mean, look, if the doctor really, really did believe and or knew how to save mankind and had a cure, why would he be so willing to walk in the opposite direction just because the car broke down?
0: (laughs) Well, I do think the answer he gives is a legitimate one. You know, we need a car— we know that way is safe, so why don't we go get a car in that direction as opposed to yeah, random, you know. I think that, that worked for me.
1: Maybe, but is any way safe? I mean, they just got attacked by the children of the corn. <laughs>
0: like, did you see <laughs> those
1: zombies coming out? That was awesome.
0: That was pretty great. Depayen, uh, what do you think of uh, of Eugene?
2: Well, I, I think I'm okay with the idea of ne- uh, there never really being a core explanation about... Why the, why the zombie apocalypse happened or there never being a real cure for it uh, I like the idea of Eugene as this sort of con man uh, who you know it in my in my head the the story of him is that he's this sort of uh, guy who's unable to defend himself but he comes across these uh, these military these two military people who aren't maybe all that bright and he sort of cons them into thinking that he's an important person and so they offer him protection. Which may or may not be true, but I I like the idea of exploring a character like that and how that character faces up against someone clearly more world weary, like Glenn, and ultimately how their objectives clash.
0: Well, and smarter because I I did love that line of dialogue. Trust me, I'm smarter than you. Yeah, that was that was in such great delivery on that line as well.
3: Where the hell are you going? Where the hell is he going? Hey, I don't know what your lady friends told you about the special nature of the mission we're on, but this shit is time-sensitive, and we are already way behind schedule. So I need you to turn your ass around and get back in the truck. I gotta go. You know, it seems like neither one of you has been paying close enough attention to the hell on earth we've been living in. So let me tell you how to best avoid winding up just another dead alive prick. You find some strong, like-minded comrades, and you stay stuck together like wet on water. We need people. The more, the better. We need each other, partner. Even with all that gear on your shoulder, you won't last a night, not by yourself. I'll take my chances. I'm going to have to insist that you hold the hell up. All right, believe it or not, the fate of the entire damn human race might depend on it. What the hell are you talking about? Who is this guy? I'm Sergeant Abraham Ford. And these are my companions, Rosita Espinosa and Dr. Eugene Porter. We're on a mission to get Eugene to Washington, D.C. Eugene's a scientist, and he knows exactly what caused this mess.
2: Yeah, I I very much got the impression there that... Uh, you know, even even before the smirk, I didn't really believe that Eugene had any sort of solution. Like, from the minute Abraham pointed out that Eugene has a solution and they're heading to D.C. to, to find a cure, I, I, th- there were alarm bells going off in my head. So I'd much rather they go down this the path of Eugene not actually having a cure and pulling the wool over people's eyes, as opposed to Eugene genuinely being an important scientist and going to D.C. actually being an important uh, part of the show.
0: Well, and I the it should have been obvious to me as soon as the description was, he's a scientist. Like he does science, not, you know, more specifically like, geneticist or, you know, yeah, you know, somebody who works for the government, you know, no, just he does science. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, and unfortunately I chalked that up to um, some of the unfortunate scripting that's happened on the show in the past. I was just sort of like, oh, that's just the walking dead for you. They don't care about the specifics when in fact, no, that should have been a clue. And I should have given the, the writers more credit.
2: Well, I mean, in all, in all fairness, your viewpoint is also perfectly understandable given the history of the show. And if it actually turns out that Eugene is an important scientist, uh, I I will not be really surprised. I I will bang my head on the table, but I will not be surprised.
0: Well, uh, the last thing I do want to mention about the this sort of part of the the episode, I will say I agree that Rosita needs more she hasn't really been developed at all yet, whereas I do feel like I have a sense of Abraham and Eugene. But, man, do I love having Michael Cudlitz on this show. It's He's just like a breath of fresh air. He's so great. He,
2: he just automatically captured the essence of Abraham and managed to dispel it, you know, despite his limited screen time this week, he managed to just make Abraham, uh, you know, immediately... If, if this is the last you see of Abraham, he'll still be one of the more memorable, memorable characters on the show. And credit for that goes solely to Cudlitz and the way he played him this week.
0: So at the end of this episode, we see the our, our intrepid trio of, uh, of Rick and Carl and Michonne headed towards the same destination that uh, the group was last week. Do we have any predictions for... What's to come next week? Uh, Ricky, any spoiler-free, not-based-on-the-comic-book predictions? Uh,
1: First of all, in regards to the comic book, I only read up until the Abraham storyline, so it's getting to the point where I will not be able to even spoil the comic book because I won't know what happened unless I catch up to the comic book. But anyways, um, I just want to request something as opposed to predicting what will happen. I want to see a bottle episode. I really, really want to see a bottle episode. Okay. Featuring whom? Um. I would like to see a Bottle episode featuring Daryl and Tyrese and maybe Michonne. But, yeah, Daryl. Okay. Like they, they could be trapped in, I don't know, a sewer. So I don't know, just a Bottle episode. I think it would be really <laughs> interesting.
0: Okay. What is it going to be about?
1: What would a Bottle episode be about? Well, like I said, they can... They can get trapped inside a factory, inside a
0: house. Um, and then, oh, are they so then talk or see flashbacks or what?
1: I think that a good chunk of the episode would have to give us some insight into into their past. Like, we can have a nice like conversation set piece in which they talk about who they were we can have some flashbacks but flashbacks would be cheating because then it wouldn't be a bottle episode now would it Um uh, but like uh, i don't know if you remember the bottle episode in boardwalk empire it wasn't necessarily a bottle epi- episode but it kind of played out like a bottle episode in which um steve buscemi's character and um uh, i forget his name now but there's three characters and they are trapped in a basement for the, for the bulk of the episode Mm-hmm. while they were hiding out anyways for anyone that's seen Bo- boardwalk I do know what I'm talking about but and, and there could be an episode in which Daryl and I don't know Therese and someone else they are trapped inside a building and they do have this long conversation we do find out more about these characters and yet it could be suspenseful and they can try to try to find a way to get out of this situation that they found themselves locked or stuck in
0: okay as long as it doesn't start in media res, I'm good. I'm good for it. I don't need both of those at the same time. But uh, yeah, I, I think they could have some fun with that if they were willing to go zombie free yeah, for and, an episode.
1: And uh, they can find a dog, you know that. <laughs> we still need
0: the dog. We still need the flamethrower, and uh, and now a bottle episode. So that's the wish list.
1: Well, we we had a dog in a previous episode of Walking Dead, but I just kind of want to see a dog stick around for a while.
0: Okay, okay. What do you think of the, uh, the the direction at the end of the episode? Are we going to see our characters meet up? Is that, uh, and maybe this is a question for Depay And Dep- is that place that they're headed, is that where Abraham's from? Do you think Abraham's connected to that, or is he completely separate? I think,
2: they're, I think Abraham and his group are going to end up there. I don't think they're necessarily affiliated with that right now, because then we'd have a lot more people traveling with Abraham to D.C. than just uh, the silent Rosita. So okay. I think.
1: Hmm? No, wait a minute. Is it towards D.C.? I mean, I'm not from the States, guys. Aren't they headed towards Atlanta? Is that it? I mean, I just feel like we're walking in a different direction now.
0: Yes. Well, the, well
1: you, they were he initially think, headed he to, to D.C. you
0: think the route that Abraham and Rosita would not have been on the road with just the two of them and Eugene if they were coming from this other place. That now all of our main characters are headed towards.
1: Okay, right. So, so basically, because my geography is really bad right now, so basically, uh, everyone is headed towards Atlanta. But Eugene and Abraham were headed towards Washington, but now because of Glenn, they're going back in the opposite direction, which means they're headed in the same direction as everybody else, which is towards Atlanta.
0: Yeah. The only the only people who are not headed specifically to that place, where whatever that you know, who if you whoever arrives survives. Is Glenn and Tara and, you know, that group, because they're headed just back to the bus to try to find Maggie. They're not specifically headed to, you know, down the train tracks.
2: Well, I don't think Daryl and Beth have also found the place either, have they?
1: No.
0: no,
1: What do you mean, the train tracks? Like, that's, everyone's passed the sign at this point. The sign that leads towards the sanctuary.
0: Well, they've passed different signs, but yes. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so I, I I get the feeling Daryl and Beth are going to be on their own a little while longer, too. But I think, yeah, going back to the initial point, I don't think Abraham initially hails from the from uh, Terminus, I believe is the name of the place, right? Yeah. From the map, yeah. So so I don't think Abraham and company initially hailed from there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually do make their way there at some point. And I, I definitely want to see... Michonne and Carol meet up at that location and start a class together to teach kids how to fight zombies.
1: Oh my god.
2: <laughs> that could, That's... you know what, that could be a bottle episode I'd be willing to see. Just 42 minutes of Carol and Michonne teaching kids how to use
1: knives to kill zombies. Yeah, but now, listen, I want to
0: see Michonne teach an art appreciation class. That's what I want to see.
1: That would be awesome. Uh, but look, there's only five episodes left and we have five groups traveling right now. I believe five. There's Tyrese, there's Daryl, there's Rick, there's Glenn and there's Maggie. there's Maggie. So that's five different groups traveling five episodes left. I think that maybe possibly in the final episode, the majority of these characters will regroup at, say, the Sanctuary. But um, I can't see anybody reconnecting anytime soon, not for at least another two episodes. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I think it could go either way. It depends on if they're going to try to build to an action climax at the end of the season. We're going to need some sort of a conflict. And that right now we have the only conflict is survival. So if they're going to want a big action set piece at the end of the season, like they usually do a big cliffhanger or something, then they'll need to do that. I'm kind of hoping that instead we have a beautiful, happy reunion at the end of the season
1: yeah. and
0: something different.
1: Yeah, they can end the second last episode with a big bang. And then the last episode can be sort of just, I don't know, a regrouping of these characters, kind of like take a breath of fresh air, sit back, relax, and let's start up the next season fresh. Um, Because I, I feel like, it's expected that on the last episode, somebody's going to die, or a tank's going to show up, or we're going to have a grenade launcher, or a giraffe is going to explode in front of the camera. The governor camera.
2: shows up with two eye patches this
0: time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. We'll, we'll have to see which, which route they take. But for now, do we have any final thoughts on claimed?
1: Yeah, I really liked the episode. Not the best episode, but I think uh, overall it was entertaining. I liked the introduction of the three new characters. I can't complain about Abraham, especially the casting, and uh, I just want to see more of Daryl now.
0: DePayan, final
2: thoughts. Uh, well, I I'm sort of hoping that the characters. I mean, we we've got Glenn and Maggie looking for each other, but Michonne was sort of wandering around aimlessly. I hope we I hope we have more characters looking for each other uh, in a more concrete manner. Like, I'd like to see maybe Rick actually look for Daryl or Maggie look for Beth uh, along with Glenn. And But apart from that, uh, yeah, I think I've expressed everything, uh, every thought I had about this episode.
0: Yeah, I, I, I continue to enjoy this half season of The Walking Dead. I like the, this approach. I'm so glad that they're taking this approach as opposed to regrouping the team really quickly and coming up with a new you know sort of feeling rather contrived conflict uh you know right away to, to build towards for the end of the season i like that instead we're spending time with these characters and seeing how they react in different pairings than we're used to and i think that ricky that was a really good point about taking the underdeveloped characters and putting them with the fan favorite characters and so i look forward to hopefully some more of that next week with uh, with the two different groups, with you know having Carol back on board and uh if, you know and knowing that we can look forward to that, and then also assumingly uh, we will have Daryl and and Beth next week as well. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to The Walking Dead in a way that I was not a year ago. So that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, I think I think the lack of a noticeable non-zombie big bad like the Governor has actually really benefited the show. Uh, in the second half of the season, as well as in the first half uh, with the flu, and I hope they, they continue this way. I mean, uh, from my under, uh, you know, it's entirely it's entirely possible they'll run into a big bad once they get to the sanctuary. But for now, I like the fact that survival and the zombies are the more imminent threat than another human foe, and I, and I hope they continue down that path uh, for a few episodes longer, if not for maybe another season at least
1: whoa, wait a minute, didn't this episode just indicate that all that they are going to change and the human threat will come back because now we have these would-be rapists running around?
2: Well, then they then they left the house, right? And do the yeah. rapists even know of the
1: existence of Michelle, yeah. Carl, and Rick? But come on, I mean, that actor, forget his name, but he's... Jeff Kober? Yeah, thank you. He's huge. I mean, they're not going to cast a, an actor like that and not have him come back. Like, you mean like
2: with Michael Raymond James and Carl Gellner?
1: Yeah, but at least those characters we saw get killed on screen. This guy just kind of shows up on a porch, and then we never see him again.
0: We, we should keep in mind that for us, Jeff Kober is Jeff Kober. For a lot of people, he's... Oh, wasn't he on Buffy before? And, oh, wasn't he... like we, On
1: China Beach. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of those actors who I recognize, and I always forget his name. I mean, you had to remind me what his name was, but I still, like, recognize him, you know?
0: Yeah, I was glad to see him pop up, actually. I thought that was fun casting. I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up again, but I would be very surprised if they turn into some sort of, you know, continuing threat. It, that felt very much like a reminder that not all of the people who are, you know, wandering around, who are still alive, are necessarily you know of the rick persuasion
1: yeah no but this episode could have been like their version of die hard and the next episode could be their version of like i don't know speed or uh, taken (laughs) (laughs) i mean like i kind of got a die hard vibe while watching rick grimes running around with his like white white beater you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i and that worked for me as well and uh, so so what i'm hearing now is that you want this you want the walking dead to go along a more psych route and start doing the different, you know, the, the bottle episode and the, uh, the fill in the blank episode, the more stylized approach. I would be down for that. I think it's time to, to wrap up the sound essay walking dead podcast to Thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk with us this week. Where can our listeners find your work online?
2: Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at, Dean Ipe, and you can find me at Sound on Sight, uh, mostly in the TV review section. I review three shows for now, Supernatural, The Vampire Diaries, and Helix.
0: And uh, Ricky, where can we find yourself? What do you have going on right now?
1: Uh, You can find me at Sound on Sight. Of course, I'm writing reviews of Walking Dead, True Detective, basically genre shows, Hannibal, probably going to be writing about Penny Dreadful, and the new Del Toro TV show, um, which is called Stain, I believe. The Strain? The Strain. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing I know what the show is called. Um, but also, you can listen to The Pine Eye on our True Detective podcast. It's actually a pretty popular podcast for a pretty popular TV show. Uh, and every week we have a special guest, and it's a lot of fun. And, of course, the Salmon Site sort of cinema podcast, because there's way too many podcasts over at soundinsight.org.
0: Another one being, of course, my podcast about television with uh, my co-host Simon Howell, which is The Televerse, comes out every Tuesday, and we talk about the week's TV. This week we're going to also be talking about... Uh, depictions of medicine and doctors on TV. With uh, we brought in a couple experts for that, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys are looking for a little, uh, you know, non Walking Dead TV discussion, you can find us there. You can also, of course, follow me on Twitter at the Televerse, and feel free to let to, to drop me a line about all the various things that uh, that that we got wrong this week, or that maybe you think we got right. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. So. Next week, we'll be back to talk about episode 12 of season four, Still, written by Angela Kang and directed by Julius Ramsey. So until then, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.